0: Well, hello again, listeners, this is Grace on the Tree and I'm Jamie L. Um, Thank you for tuning in to another uh, podcast, uh, Biblical Message from God Straight to Me to You. Um, I know it's been some time that I haven't been on here, but I'm just so thankful that I look back and I can see that it's so many people that still listening to my messages that I recorded previously Uh, study lessons um so to god be the glory uh for that um i've been really struggling with guys if i could be completely transparent with you i've been really struggling with which messages and this is just as of lately you know in the last couple months i've been struggling with with message that god wants me to uh to speak on i mean obviously i don't know the whole bible you know all at once you know i'm learning as well as you guys are learning and um but it's just been kind of like anxiety i was i would say when it comes down to what okay study this next study that next um so if you guys can definitely lift me up in prayer you know i know that that's not god's will for me to be you know overwhelmed and have anxiety like that you know so um yeah, I just wanted to be real transparent by that. But um I always love coming on here and and being able to speak on God's word and um just to be able to speak life and encouragement to people. Um So guys, let's just go ahead on and get into this message. Now, I do know that um back in February, I recorded um a message with Atlanta Kinane. And we are going to continue with that a second part in that. Um, but it's so much to cover in that. It's so much that I want to say. I have, you know, notes that I've taken down to um, really that goes along with that message. But it's so much that it might take about four or five parts just to record it. And unfortunately on Anchor, you only get up until an hour to record uh, at a time. And but you can still like, Record a second message and then combine it together. So I mean it it breaks down really really nicely Um, but I am going to go back to that, but this is what god has put on my heart today So let's just have a word of prayer Father in heaven Um, just come to your throne lord giving you praise honor and glory for this day lord Thank you, Father God, for all the listeners that are tuning in at this very moment, Father. I pray, uh, Lord, that it's an encouragement to them, Lord. I pray, Father God, that you would give them understanding and insight. And um, I pray, Lord, that you would help me to um, be able to uh, be much more consistent in uh, these messages that you've given me to speak on Um and that you would help me to cast down anxiety and, um, uh, this overwhelming feeling I get of which, uh, message over another that I should want to, uh, speak about Lord. I know that, you know, that the desire of my heart is to be able to teach your message and to give Bible studies and things like that. And I know that, um, it will come to pass and you'll make it happen, Lord. So I pray that you would help me to be much more um, consistent. Um, your word says that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of self-discipline. Um, so I pray that for more discipline in, my, in this area. And I pray that for the other listeners that are struggling with feeling overwhelmed, anxiety, um, and those things. We know those things are not of your kingdom. Um, We also know that we're being trained in righteousness and we don't have it all together, Lord. Thank you for the small faith that you've given us, Lord, because small faith is big faith in your sight, Father God. I just give you glory and I ask Holy Spirit that you would speak for me as I deliver this message. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All righty. Okay, so we're going to be... If you guys have your Bibles, we're gonna be in second Kings four, okay, like I said, if anyone uh you guys have your Bibles, go to Second Kings chapter Four, and we're gonna start um reading from there, and then we're gonna go over to Second Kings chapter eight, um one through six. Okay, so it says now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elijah your servant my husband your servant.' I'm, sorry, we're not going to be in 4 verse 1. We're going to start at chapter um, 2nd Kings chapter 4 verses 8 and we're going to read down to um, 24. So I was inspired to do this message because um I feel like this is what God wanted me to speak on, um, because it talks about being restored, you know. And God is a God of restoration, and I haven't really looked at this story like that. I mean, for me, you know, it it it, it that's and that's the the value in spending time with the Word because it's like what we perceive and what we think the Word means, and then it's when we read over it's what God has revealed to us in that moment. So I was just like, yeah, you know. I'm sure, you know, I'm a human being and I'm sure there's other people out there that listen in or that just in general that's struggling with 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 this right here. You know, especially if you're a man and woman of God, you know, we want to, you know, be pleasing to God and we want um, to believe that God is able to restore us and give us the things that we need so um and he can do it he will do it but sometimes we get discouraged and we forget that he's a big god right so let's start at verse eight it says one day Elisha went on to Shur- shun him which is a city where a wealthy woman lived who urged him to eat some food so whenever he passed that way he would turn in there to eat food verse nine and she said to her husband behold now I am, now I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let us make a small room on the roof with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp so that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. Okay, so let's stop here. So this is a Shunnamite Shunanim, Shun, woman who lives in Shunnam and she's very wealthy and, um, she elijah elisha is a prophet um he was uh given you know just prophets in general were um messengers from god you know they spoke about um things that's going to happen into the future like words that that's been given to them directly from god um we want to go to Ephesians uh, chapter two verse twenty, really fast. It says that God's household is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Jesus Christ Himself as the chief cornerstone. So, and then if we go down to, okay, yeah, I think that's the that's the scripture. So we see, you know, prophets um were um were were giving the word directly from God. They had great spiritual understanding even though they could, you know, they got gives them revelation and and understanding with certain things. They're not God, so they don't have, you know, just all understanding, but they they are tuned into what God is saying to them and they speak about that. It says somewhere in another scripture I was just thinking about where it says that um, you know, des- desiring the gifts, you they were like, you know, if, if it's between speaking tongues and the gift of to um prophesy, they're like you know, you should desire the gift of prophecy, prophesying more than speaking in tongues because you know, you're you're prophesying of what's to come, and in a sense, all Christians are, prof- are prophets, um. Or prophesy because we are giving the very words of God that was written over two thousand something years ago, but that still is very powerful and alive today. So, um, you know, there's nothing to with 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 speaking in tongues, but I'm I'm saying that because the of significance of um, prophecy, prophets, you know, especially in this ancient time, prophets were very much considered to be. Um like you know, highly respected, you know they were um you know it was it was a lot of like uh royalness that how people looked at them, if you look over to uh second kings chapter two um this is you know the story when elijah Elijah, the prophet was taken up to heaven, and then God continued on you know um his prophecy onto, um, Elisha, the prophet. And, um, Elisha got, um, Elisha was, you know, who, who became a prophet after Elijah, um, you know, was ridiculed and was made fun of by these kids, you know? They were calling him baldy, baldy. Um, and then he turned around and he said he cursed the boys and the bears came out and mauled them, And that's because of his um it was 42 boy boys at that so but it was because of him being having that such a high position like that was very like looked down upon to make fun of a prophet so i just want to give that background that's a great story second kings chapter chapter two yeah so if you have time definitely read that um So we see here, you know, this woman, she is, um, you know, a wealthy woman. She lives in the land of Shunem. And uh, Elisha had performed a miracle with the widow from Zarephath uh, that was seeking to be redeemed. And, um, you know, she didn't have a way to... She didn't have money like to, to provide for food and something he performed a miracle by filling up these jars of oil for her so that she could have money to uh survive on. So it could be that um, the reason why the wealthy woman, like when she kept seeing um, Elijah, it could be that she remembered indeed like this miracle. Like I'm sure the word got around, like, oh this you know, he, he performed this miracle. So that's the reason why she wanted to have this, you know, room for Elisha, which is a very faithful thing to do. I mean, this is a it's a faithful and no, not a faithful thing. It's a humble thing for her to do. I mean, because this is a wealthy woman that had everything that she needed. And here she is, you know, saying, hey, you know, Elijah, Elisha, come and um, eat with me. You know, so she he came and ate with her, ate with her every day, her and her husband, who was in old age and you know, God placed on her heart, you know, I'm going to make a room for him. You know, I don't know um, what her, I don't believe that she, you know, had a faith, had faith in God, but I believe that Elisha was kind of a type of God, you know, in a way. Um, So that, that faith action that she did by creating a room in her house was, you know, a sign of, of, Hey, I believe I mean, she says man of God, she refers to him as a man of God, but I just don't believe no for sure she had the personal faith in God. But I believe that by Elisha representing God, that she, you know, used this action to say, you know, this is a a reverent, uh, faithful thing to do for him. Kind of like, you know, Rahab. Rahab snuck in the um, spies onto her roof and then she, you know, they went down and she kept them from being harmed. That was a very faithful, um, humble thing to do, um, you know, in, in that regard. So let's just keep reading. So she she made a room for him. And it says, one day he came there. This is verse 11. One day he came there and he turned into the chamber and rested there. And he said to his servant, Ge- Gehazi, Gehazi, call this Shunamanite. Shunna- <laughs> I keep messing this name up. All this Shunemite, shunemite. when he had called her, she stood before him, and he said to to him, Say now to her, see, you have taken all this trouble for, for us. What is to be done for you? Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, what then is to be done for her? Gehazi answered, well, she has no son, and her husband is old. Verse 15. He said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway and he said, at this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, O man of God, do not lie to your servant. Verse 17. But the woman conceived and she bore a son about that time the following spring, as Elisha had said to her. Okay, so it's a bit in this. It's a little quite bit in this. I'll And this little few verses that we read here. So we see Gehazi, Gehazi is Elisha's servant. That's, you know, something that, you know, have, you know, speak, speak for people, speak for that, you know, person in power. You know, they had a lot of their servants. And so Elisha wanted to bless, um, wanted to bless, uh, um, the Shunammite woman, um, because of her, her kindness and her faithfulness, like I said, um, faithfulness not maybe not to him but to to not maybe not to god but to him you know so she you know he asked her is there anything that you need she was already a wealthy woman so i'm pretty sure she had everything she needed and then she says here like i live among my own people so there it is she had all that but then um god reveals to elisha saying that um she doesn't have any children you know her husband is old um so you can see here that maybe she didn't even realize that she needed a son because of all this wealth that she had she didn't realize the deep hidden desire in her heart was to be a mother and Elisha God revealed that to Elisha um and um especially in this time too you know in this ancient time you know to not have any children was kind of looked, to look down upon, you know, by a lot of the people in that time, um, because they, they didn't have, like, a kinsman redeemer, and, um, you know, to not have kids in general, like, when they get into old age, you know, the kids usually, the husband or the kids usually be able to uh, provide for, you know, the elders um, at this time, so, um, you know, God revealed that to her And then she said to him You know, uh, by this time next year You know, you'll embrace and have a son And she said, no my lord, oh man of God Now when I first read this I was like, you know, she's saying to him Oh, no man of lie, Don't lie to me So basically she doesn't believe That he was going to bless her with his son You know, she knew that he was a man of God She knew that he performed this miracle For the Zarephath widow Um, you know and everything but I was like she you know so I could tell she you know didn't have even enough faith that was my understanding but really she's saying it in like kind of like disbelief like not disbelief but like more of like I'm in shock you know kind of like I I don't not believe you but I can't believe I'm so shocked and surprised that you want to give me a son so that's my understanding of it now she was just shocked and surprised by that But the woman conceived, and she bore a son about this time following spring, as Elisha had said to her. Uh, Verse 18, it says, When the child had grown, he went out one day to his father among the reapers. And she said to his father, Oh, my head, my head. The father said to his servant, Carry him to his mother. And when he had lifted him and brought him to his mother, the Shunammite woman, the child sat on her lap till noon, and then he died. Um, and she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door behind him and went out. So you can see that, you know, she had a lot of faith and in, and um, in, uh, Elisha. Like I said, I don't believe she had a personal relationship and faith in God, but she believed that uh, Elisha was, you know, like, you know, like God. So she took her her, her dead son who could have been only but maybe two years old at this time and laid him in the room that she prepared for the man of God. And she closed the door because maybe to her, she fair? okay, well, if I lay him even in this room, then maybe he'll be revived because anything that Elisha touches, you know, he performs these miracles and signs. So, you know, he's able to do that. So we're reading, um, wait, where are we at? verse 20 verse 21 Oh no we're in verse 20. She went okay. Then verse 22 then she called her husband and said send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys that I may quickly go to the man of God and come back again. And he said to her, "Why will you go to him today? It is neither new moon or the sabbath." She said, "All is well. Then she saddled the donkey and she said to her servant, urge the animal on and do not slap the pace for me unless I tell you. Okay. So it looks like in this time it was customary. The reason why she said the new moon or the Sabbath, because I guess in these olden days it was customary uh, for prophets, for people Uh, in Israel to only consult um, prophets that are on particular days which is like the new moon and the Sabbath so um, yeah so we do know that this is we're in Israel so she ran to him you know she didn't want to hear Gehazi his servant she didn't want any she wanted to speak to uh, Elisha face to face and 25 says so she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel when Elisha the man of God saw her coming, he said to his servant, Look there is the Shunammite woman. Run at once to meet her and say to her, Is all well with you? Is all well with your husband? Is all well with your child? And she answered All is well. And when she came to the mountain to the man of God, she caught hold of him of his feet. Wow, so that's desperation, right? Seems like you know, I just want to, you know, speak to Elisha. I mean, you know, Elisha and that's that. And he said, and Gehazi came to push her away. But the man of God said, leave her alone, for she is in bitter distress. And the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. So um, this is what I was saying earlier about the prophets. Like, yeah, they they get, you know, revelations, understandings, uh, straight from what God is saying to them, straight to their heart. But they don't know everything. They're not all knowing like God. So God decides what he wants to reveal to them and what he doesn't want to reveal to them. And this is a perfect example of that. Because we can see that Elisha already can see that, hey, this woman doesn't have any children. You know, she doesn't have, Um, she has an older, a husband. And I mean, I know he can physically tell that she didn't have kids. But he revealed to even her that deep down what she wanted was a child, you know. But in this case, he doesn't know what's wrong. You know, she has a child and, you know, he's like, you know, she can sense that she's in bitter distress and continuing on it says, and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. Verse 28 said, then she said that I asked my, my Lord for a son. Did I not say, do not deceive me. He said to Gehazi, tie up your garment and take my staff in your hand and go. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. If anyone greets you, do not reply. And lay my staff on the face of the child. Verse 30. Then the mother of the child said, As the Lord lives and as you you yourself live, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. So we see, you know, she she was determined to stay with Elisha. You know, she went straight to his feet. She wanted to just actually speak to him about this. She didn't want to speak to his servants. She had a lot of faith in uh, Elisha. Verse 30, it says, Then the mother of the child said, Okay, here we are. (laughs) 31. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was no sound or sign of life. Therefore, he returned to meet him and told him, The child has not awakened. Verse 32. When Elisha came into the house, he saw the child lying dead on his bed. So he went in and shut the door behind Gehazi and his mother, the Shunammite woman, and prayed to the Lord. Then he went up and lay on the child, put his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his hands. And as he stretched himself upon him, the flesh of the child became warm. Then he got up again and walked back, once back and forth in the house and went up and stretched himself upon him the child sneezed seven times and then the child opened his eyes okay let's stop there okay so we see here you know Gehazi and um, his mother is out in the hallway he's closed the door where he sleeps at and the child is laying in his bed and he put his body directly on top of the the child's body And the child's body was revived and restored. So this is the first sign of restoration, right? Because, like I said, you know, um, you know, God is a God of restoration, right? Um, If you look at John 11, 43, it's Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, you know, with the word, but, um, you know, he's a God that can restore life, Right um another um um another story in the bible we see that these bones that are you know rat- being rattled and everything and um I believe elijah or one of the prophecy i think it's either Elijah or elisha prophesies, and these bones start coming alive, and then flesh starts coming on these bones, and then you know they start god put put the spirit his uh his uh has sent his breath back into these people's mouths and they became alive they were revived you know um only only a true god would be able to restore because and um and um what's the verse that i'm thinking about in first peter 5 10 let's go there put your thumb at that we'll go right back there just 1 Peter 5.10 After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, that is, who imparts his blessing and favor, who called you to his own eternal glory in Christ, will himself complete, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. That is, making you what you ought to be. Okay? Okay. And then here's another verse I had written down already. Deuteronomy 33, uh, chapter 30, verse three says, Then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and your return from exile and have compassion on you and will gather you together again for all the people's nations. That is the nations where he has scattered you. So we see in these two verses, God is a God of restoration. We see all throughout the Old Testament, God restoring blessing the people of israel um repeatedly i mean you know so he 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 he. that's what he that's what he does he's a god of restoration a god of blessing god of hope and his heart's desire is that we are um we are reconnected and reunited with him and heart and mind and spirit that's why um it says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, that lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge me, and he will make our path straight. Um, we're going to see a little bit of how God restores even more uh, for this woman as well. But let's just continue on. So Elijah lays his body flesh to flesh, you know, on this kid. Um, and then he he revives, he comes back alive. um God sends forth his spirit, you know, when we die, you know our we become a living soul because God breathes into us his breath, and then we become alive. so when a person dies, our spirit or our soul goes back to God. I shouldn't separate those, okay, because we have soul, spirit, and then we have a body, so our soul is is the breath of God and then our spirit is our spirit that part of us that's eternal you know even you know that's always going to be here and then we have our body um so when we die our soul it, or our breath goes back to god and um we're we're just asleep you know we're just like in this unconscious state um and then um and then there is um like so like right now You know, as a woman of God, from what I've learned, as a woman of God, I have, it's my body that you can, that people can see, and then it's my spirit, and then it's my soul. That's the order of how it is as a Christian man or woman of God, right? Because the Holy Spirit comes to live in our spirit, that eternal part in our body. I mean, an eternal part in our hearts, so our spirit and then the Holy Spirit is joined together. And in our, in our, uh, it's so confusing to say, our Holy Spirit comes to live in our spirit. And so, but if you're not a believer, it's your body and then it's your soul and then it's your spirit. But see what God wants and desires is that our spirit comes in front of our soul because that means that we have been redeemed and we have newness of life. And that we're his holy, precious children, right? And not only that, we're able to walk into live our lives for him. That's pleasing to him because we're not under the judgment of death and punishment. We're not enslaved with sin, but we are, you know, free to from the bondage of sin and death, and we're able to live our lives in holiness that's pleasing to him, but that's a daily process. You know, and that's what something even as a Christian woman, you know, it's, it's so imperative that I continue to keep spending time with God, keep allowing my spirit and the Holy Spirit to commune and work together to to prune me and take away, you know, these sinful desires and thoughts that we have because that doesn't go away. But as we get sanctified every single day, it does. Right. For a person that does not have a relationship with God, does not have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of them, it's a lot difficult for them to, um, to not, um, to not fall into sin because it's just, it's, it's just, you know, the God of this age is the devil. So, you know, our foot the earthly desires that they have, it's harder for them to overcome them. Right. And they're just pretty much running free reign in, in that person's heart and life. But the Holy Spirit convicts, He strengthens, He um He can, uh constrains and He uh helps us to, you know, overcome these things that's going on in us, you know. Um I hopefully that made sense. I just wanted to really break that down because that's something that I really just learned when I was at church and I was just like, Wow. You know, I've always thought that was very complicated, but it makes sense. It makes sense because, you know, people can't, that's why we can't say, people can't say, you know, I got to follow my heart or, you know, I just, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever is in my heart's desire, that's what I got to do. I can't, I can't follow, you know, other people what they say, I just got to follow my heart. We can't follow our heart because our heart is deceitful above all else. Who can understand it? Jeremiah 17, 9 says that, but thank God Jesus understands, this, right? That's the reason why for the joy that was set before him, he went to the cross, you know, despising the shame for you and me so that we can have the light of life so that we won't be in bondage of sin and shame and death. Amen. Um, uh, Ephesians 3, 20 says, now to him who was able to do exceedingly above and beyond all that we ask and think according to his glory that looked. Li- according to his, uh, power that works in us, you know, so God is able, God is able. Like I said, he's a God of restoration. He's a God of second chances. And, um, we'll, we'll continue on. Let's go back to, cause we're, we're getting to, we're getting to a good part of, of what I'm trying to say. Okay so we see in, um so the boy his 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 body he regains uh, his body the starts becomes warm again which means life and um in verse 36 it says then he summoned Gehazi and said call his mom and he called her and when she came to him he said pick up your son she came and fell at his feet bowing to the ground then she picked up her son and went out Okay. Verse 38. Oh no, no, not verse 38. Okay. So now we're going to go over to now we're going to go over to 2nd Kings 8 verse 1. Guys, just bear with me. Wait a minute okay we are... okay so yes we're we're in oh no wonder I'm in chapter nine. Okay. So we're going to be second Kings, uh, chapter eight, verse one. Okay. So the story continues. We see the, uh, young boy, the two-year-old boy has been revived, you know, um, from, from his, from Elisha placing his mouth to mouth, placing his hands on the child and the child becomes alive. He prays to God first. You notice that, you know, Elisha, even though the, they didn't witness that. Because they were outside the door, so they didn't see that. But he prayed to God first, and then he did that to the child, because that's what God told him to do. So um it wasn't it wasn't um, in Elisha's strength and within his his strength within him alone that did that. It was the spirit of God. Okay. Um, verse 8, verse 1. Now Elisha had said to the woman, Whose son who he had restored to life. Arise and leave with your household and sojourn wherever you can for the Lord has called for a famine a famine means a food shortage And it will come upon the land for seven years. That's another thing I wanted to point out Okay, so you notice the boy sneeze the young boy sneezed seven times before His mom came to pick him up seven is a, a number of completion in the bible. So That's that's a that's a good number. I'm not really you know, it's, it's, it's certain numbers, like three and seven, I know in the Bible that really means some, you know, prophetic thing. It really means some type of, um, cause the, you know, God, you know, created the earth in seven days and then he created man in six days. And then we see the resurrection. Um, he was, you know, died. He was, uh, buried and then he rose on the third day. So those three numbers to me always stand out and it means something like grand that God is getting ready to do or has done. Okay, so he says, arise and leave with your husband and live wherever you can. For the Lord has called for a famine and it will come upon the land for seven years. And this was in Israel. Um, So the woman arose and did according to the word of the man of God. She went with her household and lived in the land of the Philistines for seven years. And at the time, to- at the end of the seven years, when the woman returned from the land of the Philistine, she went to appeal to the king for her house and her land. Okay, so first I want to, um, so this was a really, really, this was a rich woman, right? She lived with her, her family members. She had her family living in the land of Shenem. and here it is, you know, um, Elisha tells her, hey, you know, he warns her beforehand, hey. It's about to be a food shortage here. God is about to about to be a drought. So you might want to leave. You know, um, same thing how the, the angels came to Lot and his family. Like I'm um, God is about to destroy, you know, this this defiled, sinful land, and you might want to leave out before he destroys it. So um that's that's what uh Elisha did for her. And so They had to leave everything, you know what I mean? They had to leave, she had to leave all of her fortunes, and she had to trust in Elisha that hey, this is gonna happen, just like she had to trust in Elisha for her son to be restored. And he was, remember, she already believed in like Elisha so far. It's like the mess, the uh, the um, miracle that he performed for the lady, like I said, her uh, the widow at Zarephath, and um, you know, she saw okay, this miracle her son being revived back to life. So you just tell her, her faith in Elisha was becoming strong um, just with him saying that. So in verse four, it says, uh, so she goes to the Philistine, the Philistine verse four says, now the King was talking with Gehazi, the the servant of the man of God saying, tell me all the great things that Elisha has done. And when he was telling the King how Elisha had restored the dead to life—that is her son. Behold, when, this is when she—she. She, this is after the uh, the, the um, seven-year drought was complete. So she went back to the land of Shannem, and so she um she went back there. And that day, she went to go talk to the king to try to see if she can get her um her thing, her belongings restored back to her. Um and You know, miraculously, when she went up to them, when she went up to the king, Gehazi, who was Elisha's servant, happened to be there and speaking to the king about uh, what Elisha had did for the Shunanamite's woman and her son. So um, verse uh, um, five, it continues with that and says, while he was telling the king how Elisha had restored the dead to life, behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life appealed to the king for her house and her land and Gehazi said my lord O king here is the woman and here is her son whom Elisha restored to life and so her son was actually with her then even better verse six it says and when the king asked the woman she told him so the king appointed and so when the king asked the woman she told him so the king appointed an, an official for her saying restore all that was hers together with all the produce of the fields from the days that she had left the land until now so not only did she just get her belongings that she already had her land and her you know fortunes that she had but god blessed her with a double portion for that for all of the years that she had been gone so this is a second example of restoration of god restoring um you know, this blessing he was storing in her life. And when I think about this double blessing that God placed um through um this king, I think about the story of Elisha himself. You know, we talked about it a little bit and let's go over it really fast to uh second Kings two. Um Elisha the prophet took um Elijah's place after he you know went in the whirlwind up to heaven and Elisha asked um he asked um he asked elijah can he get he he would like a double portion of his spirit before he left that's all he wanted you know to god be the glory and then elijah told him he said you know if you're able to see me go up into heaven in the whirlwind then it'll be done for you so then he put you know his coat of his, uh, his cloak on elisha and then elisha got that blessing, and then we see in verse um i mean in chapter three in chapter four, I mean when you know elisha restores um you know the um widow's oil you know um and then we see of course with with that and then we see in um second kings chapter four verse thirty eight Thirty-eight through forty-four, how Elijah purifies some deadly, uh, deadly stew. Um, you know, so he goes on to have double that. You know, and then he, you know, uses the staff and he does something similar to what um, Moses does with splitting the red of uh, the Jordan River. You know, so he, I think about the double portion of of strength uh, that uh, Elijah has. You know, that's similar to. To this wait a minute, where are we at? We're in eight, okay, so yeah, that's very similar to um to elisha, you know, so she had that you know, based off her faith and her obedience to doing exactly what elisha told her to do, you know, and then um this was in second 2 Kings two ten, okay, that's exactly that. Second Kings, that's what we at. Just a second. I always tell you guys to bear with me because I know I'm still sometimes the organization part. But um, to God be the glory that the message will get be relayed and it'll be understand and go straight to your heart. I just know it will anyway. So, <laughs> so it's um. We're in eight second. Okay, first ten. Okay, okay, first ten. And he said, you have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it shall be for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. So when, like I was just telling you guys about, um, that's the actual verse. If you guys want to go back and look at that, Second Kings chapter 2, verse 10, where Elisha is telling Elisha, um, you know, if he's able to see him, then he'll get a double portion of his spirit on him. Okay. So that pretty much that that's the that's the message today, guys. That God is a God that restores. You know, she was faithful. She she listened to um Elisha. You know, it was she she you know was was this, she felt like she was being deceived because she thought that which I didn't really understand either because you know if Elisha prophesied to her and then she was impregnated a year later with a son and then two years later her son died. You know, and then she goes to him and says, you deceived me, you know, so maybe she was in grief, you know, and so much grief that she wasn't able to, um, <clears throat> wasn't really thinking clearly, um, you know, because she just, you know, lost her son, he just died in her, her lap, you know, but it just didn't make sense to how she said that he deceived her when it came to pass. Like, yeah, she just had a son, he was like, what, <laughs> two years old up until he died um so some could say that you know she didn't really have any faith in you know elisha because of that but um you know i think that you have to remember that this wasn't something that she actually asked for either you know because she was just like that's you know i'm good but then she was in you know surprise and was just like wow like you will bless me with a child and that was an actual need that she didn't know she had but since she had so many riches And that's why God warns us about that, you know, about, you know, it's hard for the rich man to get into heaven because it's, it's, you know, they have so many idols and and material possessions and things around them that they can't see their great need that they have. So for her in this small kind of way, you know, her great need was that, hey, you know, I want to be a mother, you know, she had, you know, possessions, she had land, she had her family. She had family that's living with her. So she felt genuinely secure, you know? Like, why would I want to place my faith, you know, in in a, in a in, in this man of God? But God had touched her heart. And she saw Elisha walk past her house or court or whatever, how it was set up. And she said, you know, I sense that this is a man of God. Let's invite him over here to eat. And God started working on him from there. So I wouldn't say that Elisha was a type of God. Or a type of Moses necessarily, but I would say that since she was able to actually believe what Elisha was saying and prophesying to her, then you know she was blessed. She was blessed. She, you know, seeing this miracle, she was able to get her possessions restored to her. And that just speaks on a grand Level of what God can do, you know God isn't looking at material things that He can bless us, but He blesses us with a double portion of His spirit every single day. He gives us life, he gives us um uh blessings that we can't even um comprehend. you know we walk outside our door, you know danger could be there, but God protects us in ways that we don't even know how, you know, so if anyone's out there that's discouraged and um feel like, hey, I've lost this, you know, for COVID, this people, this money, you know, things like that. Know that God is a God of restoration. Know that he wants to give you your heart's desires. He wants you to be able to feel secure and safe in him. And his word says that we should cast all our anxieties on him because he cares for us. I spoke earlier about how, you know, having anxiety about which message and things like that um, to, 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 um, to study about, you know, and that's not what God wants for us. He doesn't want us to have an anxious heart. He doesn't want us to worry about tomorrow. He wants us to place our trust and our worth in him and know that he's a God that cares. He's a God that restores. He's a God that wants to bless us. He's a God that sees our needs, our deep needs. You know, we might say, Hey, I want, I want children. I want a husband, but he can see our deep need and that deep need always goes back to him. He's the fountain of living waters, and He wants to pour all of His word into your heart. He wants to bless you in ways that will be great in here while you're living, but also that will go over even into the kingdom of God. You know, so um, I just want to encourage you guys, you know, that to lean on God, not on your own understanding. Trust that God understands. He knows the um, things that's going on. He knows how to handle it in His way. And if we just rely on Him. Then it'll 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 work out. You know, Um, Luke 137 says no word from God will ever fail uh, to God be the glory. So, guys, I'm going to leave it on that and um, I'll be keeping you guys in prayer and I hope you'll keep me in prayer as well. Um, God bless you.